Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. How's it going? And today we're talking about Volume 7 of Freeran Beyond Journey's End. I honestly don't really have anything to say before we dive into the discussion topics, but if you have anything, go for it. I love this volume, you know? <laughs> That's I true. Mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of what I've been wanting. Uh, <laughs> not to say that I, the other volumes have been lacking, but it's building in a way that is is very appropriate for me uh, <laughs> it is so i i mean i'm certainly excited and uh also i was very wrong in some aspects uh in my predictions of what was going to happen well we we both were <laughs> yeah no i think yeah, yeah well you know i wasn't gonna speak for you but yes we, 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 <laughs> thank you we were kind of we were kind of off <laughs> yes not, um, not that i'm upset about that Oh, not so, at all. Absolutely. But I'm more so embarrassed, but yeah, I'm, happy. <laughs> I'm happy with the way it went. For sure. And before we get to maybe the most exciting part, let's start this discussion by talking about the main protagonist, Free Ren. She expresses that she's really happy about Fern's success, like about Fern becoming mm. a, a first-class mage. And I, I thought that was really sweet to see. It feels kind of like the type of pride that you'd see from like a mother toward her daughter or something like that. Mm. Uh, which, I mean, obviously, it's also kind of discussed by the end of the volume a little bit uh, between her and Stark uh, when, they, when they're talking about Freeran's relationship to Fern. Like, yeah, whether or not it's like a mother type of role or not. But um, mm -hmm. I, 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 do, I do enjoy like seeing those kinds of, kind of thoughts or, or not, not necessarily thoughts, or I guess by the end it was a little bit like that, but here at the start, mm -hmm. where she just showed that, well, yeah, she was just proud of uh, of Fern in that way, I, I, I thought was a nice sign uh, of, of some kind of an emotion. that We, we, we are starting to see more and more emotions, I, I believe, from Freeran, which and, and this is one of the examples that I really like. Hmm. For sure. I, I just think it. what left the biggest impression on me is that Fern might become an even greater mage than she is or more more famous mage maybe the exactly what she said uh, right and i think that's pretty incredible to say especially since she was the mage of the the hero team that beat the, the demon king so <laughs> exactly how, how do you get more famous than that um, yeah yeah it's a huge statement and yeah it'll yeah. be interesting to see whether it's going to be true or not but truly she takes pride in fern and uh, has yeah definitely has a growing relationship with her even though she even says like I, I i still don't know who fern is or every i don't know if she says everything or just what mm. fern is um but yeah. she i don't know i part of me thinks she's not giving herself enough credit right but maybe that's also just her elvish mindset <laughs> precisely yeah i mean i because i also thought about that like either she's being unnecessarily hard on herself or her definition of knowing someone is just completely different somehow. Mm -hmm. I feel like, but, uh, yeah, maybe it, it's interesting. I believe we discussed this briefly in like one of the first two, uh, discussions on this. I, I think definitely where may, maybe it's due to her, I mean, being an elf. I mean, it probably ultimately is, I, I believe, or at least that it's got something to do with that. And like, that's mm -hmm. why, like maybe to her, like truly knowing someone, she needs to have known them for like hundreds of years or something like that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, although, although as again, like she is starting to understand humans more and more, like uh, like steadily, kind of. I I think, and 
So perhaps she will actually realize that she truly does know Fern and 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 Stark and her previous party as well, like in due time. Yeah, yeah. Another moment in this book that left an impression and kind of got me a little emotional, hmm? uh, or or not emotional, but it, it got it, it hit me was uh, the part where you have Viabel. He um, mentioned that he wanted to be. Or he he wanted to do the little things to help people, mm. and that reminded Fern of Himmel, and she basically said to Himmel, "Don't worry, that the world is slowly changing." I don't know. I just I really like that small little moment of her reassuring Himmel, who's dead, but you know, it, it, <laughs> I guess it's more so for her. Just a little thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. It's really nice. On a completely different note, something that I thought was kind of funny, uh, partially funny, but also uh, also kind of sweet in, in its own way, was when Freerin explained how the magic nullifying crystals work, and we got to, well, yeah, we as, as readers also kind of got to know what that was. My favorite part about that was just to see how amazed Freerin was by the fact that you could make the stone glow. <laughs> like, and just, just it, it's, it's not that big of a thing. Sure, it's kind of cool that it glows pretty strongly for seemingly a pretty long time. But like, compared to like all of the other magic and things we've seen in the world, it's a very kind of basic or quote unquote lame thing. But seeing how passionate Freerin is about that small little thing, I, 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 I love that. I think that, that's beautiful. And obviously it's very in character for her, but I thought it was uh, pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I agree. It just yeah ties into her love for the littlest and kind of useless magic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, um, toward the end of that chapter, when they were in the cave and they mm -hmm. were like, like, just before they ran away from the monster in there, Freerin was able to make a magic nullifying crystal levitate. How does that work? Really? Yeah. She she made it levitate? Like, right before she made it glow. Like, she, she like, levitated it toward the monster. Are you seeing it? Yeah. Now, how does that work? So, I read it as you just tossed it. I don't know. I guess that could be it. Because that's the only way it makes sense, right? Unless, you, mm. unless you're, what, it seems you, you may, be, may be implying that she has some sort of ability to still use magic in this nullifying area. Yeah, like yeah, because that that was that that was the thought that that occurred to me. Like, could it be that Freerin is actually just that strong that she isn't affected by these crystals, and like that she was just faking it all along, like <laughs> that that she couldn't use magic? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but although though you are right, it, it could be that that she was tossing it, and that I just interpreted that as it, it looked to me like it was floating. Um, but so, but yeah, I look at it and I can totally see why you would. Why you would think that because there's really not much of emotion there you know right <laughs> hmm. but i will say for her to just totally pretend like she doesn't have the power to use magic and fall down and everything <laughs> that seems like a little too much work for her i mean I, obviously i don't doubt her powers it's more so her motivation <laughs> i don't really i don't know if that I don't see her as being one of those like wise teachers who's trying to teach a lesson kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have, we'll have to wait for the anime to get here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, 
Similar to Stark, I was also uh, pretty impressed with Freerun for being able to notice that he was feeling tense in that moment, or he was he was feeling a little a little down, kind of. Uh, and mm-hmm. she picked up on that. Obviously, we we did talk about it a little while ago how she is more and more kind of uh, understanding humans better. Mm. Um, but I thought that, that that was one of the stronger kind of signs of that I believe in this book. Mm-hmm. She actually went out of her way to ask him about that. I think I, it's interesting because she notices it, but then also interprets it the wrong way. You know, mm. so she she's still trying to understand things, um, but I, I do think that the old Fiden would not be able to pick up on things like that, or or, or pick up that there's something off. Uh, precisely, know? yeah, she wouldn't have noticed anything probably. But but I do think that her in assuming that. Stark would be happier away from the party was kind of a bonehead like decision. Hey, <laughs> Ren. Yeah. You know nothing. <laughs> My last thing on Freerun, and honestly, this isn't even that much on her, but I wanted to mention it somewhere, so I'll mention it here, is that mm-hmm. um, the graph that Freerun retrieved the sword for, mm-hmm. uh, he was called Dach, uh, which means... Dach. Uh, it, it means roof in German. I couldn't oh, okay. exactly place that like to any kind of significance, really. Um, <laughs> but to me, like, or this word in particular in German is kind of funny because, or funny, I don't know if it's funny, but um, like my German textbook in school for like three of my first years um, as a German student was called Das Dach, which means the roof. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't know. It, it's. It is what it is, I guess. But uh, that, that, well, I have that kind of uh, connection, I guess, to that word. <laughs> ah. But yeah, no, no idea why why they went with that name for that uh, family or for that yeah character. He has roof over his head. I don't. Know. I mean, I guess he <laughs> he does. <laughs> Anybody could say that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. mm, anyway, do you have anything else on free rent? Um, actually, similar to your not so related point. I, I, as soon as the priestess, fake priestess lady came out of the village, it was like, oh, I'm a priestess. Do you want to pray with me? I was like, she's the demon. Yes, dude, same. (laughs) It was was just like written all over her face. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, not only was it like her, she just did her design was just kind of fishy, but also like, I believe the, like the last thing that was spoken before she appeared on on a panel was, I believe Freerin said something that she couldn't detect any life forms or something like that. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I do remember. Yes, yes. And, and then she appears and is like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely fishy from the start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that, that was pretty sad, by the way, like that whole yeah. kind of side thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do like it when the story kind of goes to those kind of darker sides. Yeah. She just came out blasting, you know, as, mm-hmm. as soon as she realized although it didn't didn't take too long no did not <laughs> i mean she probably she may have known from the beginning yeah she's uh, just like okay it. where where is she going with this <laughs> like if you and i picked up on it from the start there's like obviously free must have done it too <laughs> right right totally <laughs> did we know we probably did we that demons don't have to eat humans like we knew that May, like maybe I I don't I can't say for sure I don't know for sure but it didn't come as a surprise to me 
Yeah, yeah, same. But, uh, but it was still sad for her to say that, especially when the demon's like, oh, I gotta eat. It's like, yeah, but you don't even need to eat humans. Yeah, right. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of makes them creepy in a similar way that Titans are in Attack on Titan. Yeah, very much so. They also don't need to eat humans, but they do anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very well. With Freerun's discussion being over, Stark and Fern went on a date. Let's talk about this. <laughs> this is the climax, the best part of the entire volume. <laughs> it, it, it is incredibly exciting. Stark asked Fern to go on a date with him, kind of <laughs> very spontaneously, uh, which was a blast to, to just see that moment and, and kind of Fern's, I think, kind of shocked reaction to it, uh, like initially there was was very fun she she is very unique in <laughs> the way she reacts to things sometimes it, it's i don't find it very very typical and it's, she's kind of hard to read yeah <laughs> uh, in a way but also easy to read i don't know it, it, it's kind of back and forth um but i i really like this kind of uh interaction that they had there uh-huh. where she's definitely putting down hints that oh I have all day by myself. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he's like, okay, I'm going to get at her. I'm going to, I'm going to tease her. I'm going to mess with her. Like, what are we going to date? <laughs> and then she just drops the book and I, I drop it. The book. What, how, how do you take that shock happiness? Surely not anger. Uh, no, no. Like I, I think he, he kind of read it, read it as that at first, but no, yeah. like I, I took that as some kind of surprised, glee maybe but but oh. i mean she, she was she was doing her best to hide it and i i believe she succeeded at hiding it but mm-hmm. i i took as some kind of positive surprise yeah yeah for sure i yeah I, I definitely at first took it as surprise but when i read it a second time i i took it more so uh like you said uh, um surprise glee you know, like, uh, just she's so excited that it oh, finally it happened. But she's she's able to keep a, a stone face so well. Oh yes. Uh, uh, but but there's also something very endearing about that whole interact. It's like it's like teasing the reader in a way. Oh yes. Um, oh yes. I yeah. like it. It's very very fun. Um, and real quick before we continue with the this whole thing, this date that they that they end up going on mm-hmm. takes place within the fortified city of Heiss. Heiss in German means hot. And I, I believe there's two different reasons for that name. Oh. <laughs> there's the hot springs, but then there's also the hot date. Yeah. Um, Things are getting <laughs> steamy. Exactly. Steamy. <laughs> I, I like that very much. Although that being said, this is a very wholesome date. Like very oh, yeah. wholesome date. Like for this sure. is you know, first date, two awkward kids getting getting to know <laughs> each other better. You know that that kind of that kind of endearing moment that uh, you usually see in, in a rom com or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, this is this is nice, very nice, very nice. I love how both of them like were really preparing for the date in their own ways and being kind of bash- bashful about <laughs> it and everything. Yeah. Both of them asked Freerun for help. <laughs> uh, with various things, obviously Stark was trying to find a, a good place that that Fern would like, and and Fern 
well, she, she wanted to dress up, which I don't think she got any help from Fre from Freeran on that. I believe she picked <laughs> the, the dress herself, uh, but she did dress up, which, I mean, mm -hmm. both of them just so adorable here. Yeah. I found it, I found it interesting that Stark was like, was, is, was Fern always this cute? <laughs> yeah, uh, he just now realized. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, Stark, where have you been? <laughs> but it, it does make me think that is Fern more invested in, in this current development than Stark? Not saying Stark isn't on board with this at all. I, I just wonder if if this is more exciting to Fern than it is for Stark at this point, and maybe he's not hmm. completely realizing or fully comprehending his feelings for her. I don't know what what do you think? Or are, are are they at the middle? What do you think? Oh, uh, I hadn't really thought of it in that way yet. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I, well, I, well, in a way, I have, but like comparing the two specifically, I, I hadn't exactly. I believe, actually, I'm gonna say they're pretty even so far. Okay. I, I believe. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, no, that is an interesting thought, though. I mean, so far, yeah, there isn't too much to go on. Although I, I, I definitely see your point as well. The way it could be that way. But yeah. I mean, to be fair, he did, he did, he was worried about the date and he right. wanted to make sure it was perfect and everything like that. So, so yeah, maybe he did understand it, but I guess it's, it's the whole, it, wow, has she always been this cute and <laughs> not, not taking the let's go on a date thing very seriously at first. Um, I guess because he just didn't think she would react in a positive way. Mm. He was pretty, like, stiff at first, though. Like, he was acting... He wasn't acting like he usually True. does. Like, True. Which I, I believe might point toward him take, actually taking it seriously and mm. because of that, being nervous about the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I will say he was kind of dense, though, like, for not realizing why Fern dressed up for the, for the date. <laughs> like, come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got a ways, but... I, I don't know. I, I really I really like what they have going on here. And it's such a mm -hmm. a simple yet believable uh, steady relationship. Um, it's not over the top. Um, right, yeah. And, and maybe not all relationships were like this. But I think a lot of them do can tend to be more natural, kind of um, simple type relationships and not just, you know, grand romantic gestures, you know. Absolutely, and especially in these early kind of stages of it. Yeah. Um. I I really liked how how Fern, she really just wanted to go to places that Stark had picked, like like that that he himself mm. had picked out it was something that she said like toward the end of the date, and I think that speaks, like that definitely speaks to there being something there, like you know some feelings or curiosity, you know, uh, for mm -hmm. her toward him, um, <laughs> plus. Uh, she says, we finally get a chance to go on a date. Yes, yes. Her saying that makes it sound a lot to me like like she's been wanting this for a while. Yes. <laughs> right? That, um, that's the same kind of, and that's why I was say, raising the question earlier. One, one of the reasons is that mm. she says, finally, you know, like finally exactly. we can go on a, a date. And, <laughs> and, and Stark, on the other hand, I, I think... Uh, well, I, I think he was taking it seriously. Um, I don't think he ever thought of it as a as a possibility. 
Um, that's fair. Really. That's fair. And maybe that's more so that, oh, she would never want to date me yeah. kind of kind of thinking. Because I, I think in some, in some cases he, he might think that Fern doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, to, to some extent, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, it, that, was, that was very interesting and not something I expected. And I mm. don't know if that's a misinterpretation or what, but uh, very interesting. Definitely. Although something that I guess could speak for Stark's feelings a bit uh, was, or something that that I picked up on anyway, was how he refers. He, he uh, there was was one point when he referred to the their date as their first date, which to oh, me yeah. kind of sounds like it sounds like he's implying that he, he he's expecting more dates to come. That's true. And that that would point toward at least some level of confidence in in you know himself and and the possibility of them dating uh which is awesome uh, i believe he, he should be com- com- uh, confident about that um mm. and um and obviously obviously as i think you alluded to before he expresses how all he wanted was to make fern happy mm-hmm. which is also incredibly romantic really um so yeah there's clearly a ship here and like it's oh yeah it's We've talked about this, the possibility of this before, but like now it's actually before us. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, the ship is at the port, ready to be christened. Like it, like we're <laughs> it we're is. going. It hasn't started sailing yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, it's gonna get his commissioning and <laughs> just get that champagne bottle ready. We'll break exactly. it on the bow and <laughs> get going. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did I I was kind of a bummer a little bit to uh, see her kind of disappointed in, in what their date was, but I, I see her to- her reasoning, and like you mm. said, she wanted to go where uh, Stark would like to go, wanted to learn more about him. Right. So that is really sweet. It is really sweet, but it's also kind of it, there was part of me was like, oh, <laughs> like it's kind of a bummer that it wasn't the perfect date. Um, uh, but but I. I it it all becomes satisfying to me after you see, well, they're talking on the bench and then what she looks like in the hot spring <laughs> uh, and how satisfied and happy she is. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be all right is what I felt. <laughs> uh, precisely. And like Fern was in a good mood after the date. Yeah. Like uh, she, yeah. she even gave uh, Freeran like the, the good mood, uh, Braids. Good mood braids. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a very good sign. Uh, but about the kind of imperfection of the date, uh, I I actually really liked that kind of because, mm. like, I mean, it certainly wasn't a terrible date, uh, even though it no. it for sure was far from perfect. With Fern having these feelings of disappointment uh, to some extent, but I yeah I don't know I I, I appreciated the imperfection and. I don't know, to me, it made the situation just feel a bit more real, kind of. And it's kind of like it wasn't romanticized like a lot of these sorts mm. of stories usually go in fiction, I believe. That's fair. So, I don't know, I, I just really appreciated that kind of realism to it. Uh, and, like, and, and, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's clearly not bad. Like, there is a lot of hope here. And, like, I'm sure mm-hmm. that, that this ship will leave port one day. But, yeah, like, just this first step... It wasn't ideal, one hundred percent, and I, I I appreciated that. I mean, you know, they're a bunch of awkward teenagers. Yes, uh, they co- are. close, 
Actually, how old is Stark? Is he 17 or 18? I believe they're both 18. They're both 18. Mm. Uh, so yeah, still still teenagers technically becoming adults. And, you know, this is new experiences for them. And mm. Stark doesn't have great self-confidence. Fern is not one to show her emotions clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in both cases, we, you saw some great progress for them. And I, I, I think at the end of the day, this was a perfect, imperfect date. Is that, does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I, I can absolutely get behind that. <laughs> Although mm. part of me did want to see what the perfect date would have been like, you know, going to see what <laughs> the, the Stark places uh, were that would make uh, Fern smile. I really hope we'll get that. Uh, like on a second or third date or something like that. Yeah, yeah. after all, this is the first date. <laughs> Precisely. There's only room for improvement. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude, I, I think that would honestly be a really good follow-up if on the next date or something like that, Stark would, I guess, take her advice and just show her some, some places that he likes. <laughs> Although, I think it would be kind of funny if she just ended up not enjoying that date just because it's like places that she, for whatever reason, <laughs> just doesn't enjoy at all. <laughs> That's um, that that's that's also what I'm worried about. That that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's like he he took a place that she should enjoy, right? And, and then but she did she was a little disappointed. It's just like, gosh, dang, what is a guy supposed to do? Um, but she she was, you know, grinning from ear to ear, basically. At the end, so I, it was fine. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? One of the thing about this is, um, in some ways, dates are just kind of a fun thing to go on not necessarily one to start a relationship with um, to each their own. But um, I know some people who just like to, who, who would go on dates with people. And there's no sort of like romantic commitment. You know what I mean? It's just, right. I'm, ha- I'm hanging out with this girl and we're calling it a date. Um, mm. And I, I think there's something fun about that. So uh, maybe that's part of why she's so satisfied. Because it was, you know, it, it you know, that's a fun thing to do. But I, I, I do think they're at least the shipper in me does think <laughs> that a lot of that satisfaction comes from her feelings for, for Stark. Yes. Um, even if yeah. she won't quite admit it yet. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, they're both not ready for that yet. But, but yeah, no, right. I, I feel like there, there is absolutely enough signs pointing toward a ship. Yeah. Anything else on them uh, as a ship, I guess? Uh, not until predictions. Not until cool, predictions. cool. Very well, then. Let's move on to just Fern separately. She passed. She is a first-class mage now. Officially, yeah. Yay. Asked for a spell to clean clothes. And, <laughs> you know? I, talk, I mean, talk about a useful, useless spell. Like I, I think mm. I think that's one of the one of the most useful ones you can get. Really, I mean, who, cl- cleaning clothes sucks. It's getting a spell to do that for you, yeah, heck yeah. It's a legendary spell from the Age of Myth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what Sedia has an issue with, man. Seriously, <laughs> uh, no, but I I I really love that. <laughs> she is learning well from Freerun. Indeed. I also thought it was really sweet to see how much Fern cares and treasures the gifts that she's received from Freer and from Stark. Yeah. That was very nice. Mm-hmm. By the way, that, that scene or that moment when she and Freerun were sitting by the river, it took place in the Great 
sanft forest. Oh. Sanft means soft or gentle in German. Um, oh. And the way I interpreted that, because it was in the same chapter where, uh, or the, the chapter was at least partially about kind of Stark's sensitive side and how he needed to be, or, or he, we, he, he, he needed to be treated more softly or gently, kind of, uh, from, well, I guess from Fern specifically. Uh, so I, that, that, that's my interpretation as to why they chose that name for the forest. But, <laughs> um, well, I, I guess that scene by the river itself was kind of, kind of gentle or, mm. if you will. So I guess it mm. could be that as well. But yeah, anyway, anything else on Fern? No, I think, I think we said everything that I have written down. <laughs> Yeah, I I guess there there was mostly stuff in the uh, the the shipping part of it uh, for her this volume, but right. Without further ado, let us move on to Stark. Then I I love to see how how close or how easily he becomes close with with people. Really, like yeah. in in that town where the where the the exam was was held, uh, Oysterst. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like he he became friends with like a bunch of townsfolk there. <laughs> it's great to see like just his his uh talent i guess at making connections with people it's very cool yeah no people people really adore him no matter where he goes and that's that's such a wonderful trait to have absolutely and probably why probably something that uh, fern likes about him <clears throat> but indeed <laughs> uh, when they're at the inn and he's making or he t- he tells her that he's not going to go with verbal mm. i love that moment because you see it reinforced why he's with their party. It's not just because Fiden's there. Partly because Fern was the one that encouraged him and I, I think is probably gave him a good enough reason to, to join on their quest. For sure. So I, I think it emphasizes how important Fern is to Stark in actuality. Definitely. Like, like yeah, like their relationship or whatever you want to call it, Sure, it's a bit rocky, kind of like it's not always perfect. Like they sometimes they rob each other the wrong way in various ways, but <laughs> ultimately Stark he he enjoys being around both Freedom and Fern, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it was just lovely to see that kind of reaffirmed there. Mm-hmm. But by the way, why do you think Stark decided to wait outside with with Freedom uh, when Fern went inside to like do the ceremony? Because I, I I was a little bit shocked as to why like why he wouldn't go along with Fern when it was really only Freerin that was banned from the place. Mm-hmm. I uh, I wasn't necessarily shocked. I was more so disappointed that he didn't go with Fern. I guess, but, yeah, yeah, definitely disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think he was picking up on the signals that Fern was giving him. I think he wanted, Fern wanted him to go be with Freerin. Like, um... if, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a moment where she kind of smiles after Stark makes that decision. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So Fiden says, I'll wait outside. Stark looks over to Fern, and I guess he just kind of picks on what Fern is thinking and says, I'll wait outside too. And Fern is smiling in the next panel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, then, then he must have picked up on something there. You're right. You're right. I, I feel like that's what it is, which, mm. you know, you know, even more credit, because Stark can be <laughs> dense sometimes. <laughs> For sure. But... In this case, yeah, he's really, he's really uh, on the same wavelength as Fern. Yeah, uh, when it counts, I guess. <laughs> well, when it when it counts, I mean, it's it's not gonna be perfect, uh, you know. I understanding the uh, another person is not easy. No, um, no it definitely is not. <laughs> but 
I don't think someone uh, who's not close would have been able to pick up on that. Well, it depends on the person. But anyway, anyway, uh, <laughs> I think it's a good sign. Yes. The chapter where they go on the pointless adventure, it, it just, I, I, I like those little s- sweet callbacks to his master and just the reminiscing about the tales he told him and trying to relive them. Because that's, right. that's part of the point of his journey is to relive the moments his master had and then come back and, and share the, the tales to him. Precisely. And yeah, a pointless adventure becomes a precious memory. I, I think we can all uh, <laughs> relate to that in, in some aspects. Some, some, Absolutely. some uh, pointless adventures can be quite traumatizing, I'll admit, but um, in some aspects, they, they do become precious memories. Uh, right, and situations that were kind of a drag or or kind of not fun in the moment, I, I think often make for funny stories to retell. Yeah, absolutely. In, in some sense. They can be. It, yeah, they, in, they, they can be. <laughs> in the right person's hands. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. That was really nice. He, he just wanted to see the same view that Eisen had seen or that Eisen had told him about. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess, yeah, the point of this journey itself, I guess, is part of the appeal. Um, by the way, that, that uh, secret hot spring of the Etwas Mountains... Etwas in German means something. Like, it means the word something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. That, you know, the, some of the German words weren't really working out this, this volume, it felt like. But that one. Mm, yeah, that, right? That hits it good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> ah, all right, then let us move on to Syria next. Her intuition is always right, apparently. Apparently. Think what you will about her as a person, but at least she she does kind of stick to her ideology and she doesn't fail people for no reason. Like she, I, I feel like she's very just in her own way. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I actually really like started to respect about her here. Absolutely. I think this volume changed my perception of her quite a bit. Yeah. Um, for various reasons. And, and one of those reasons is that she didn't fail everybody. Uh <laughs> It didn't seem like she was just failing people because she's petty. Well, except for Frida. She definitely failed her pettiness. She, she is a child in that aspect. <laughs> but I, I, I do think she has good judgment and strong strong ideals that she believes in. Mm. Um, and maybe not necessarily maliciously so. Uh, no. mm. Definitely less of a uh, terrible person than I had originally thought. Same. Mm. I'm not saying she's perfect, but um, I, I respect her more than I did before. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, like, yeah, she actually passed all of the six characters that remained uh, when this volume began. She passed all of them, uh, which was <laughs> a big surprise, I think, to both of us, probably. Yeah, not, not what we predicted. I, I think I said, what, four at most, I think? Yeah, 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 at most, I believe, uh, was what Could- we... I think I was thinking three, but four at most. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you were, I, you were right about Denkin. I think you were pretty adamant that Denkin would get through. I yeah, I was I was pretty sure. I, I was I was, yeah, I felt very sure about uh, Fern, Ubel, and Denkin. However, the other three, I, I was pretty sure wouldn't pass at all. Uh, <laughs> so it was it was fun to see. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I guess I guess we could say which which ones passed real quick. So Fern, Deccan, Ubel, Land, Verbal, and Method? Is that how you say? Uh, Methode. Methode. Okay. 
Uh, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, yeah, they all passed, which I think, I think Mitude is out of nowhere for me. Like, <laughs> I'm quite surprised. Uh, yeah, she passed, but not sure why she passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> did did she just compliment her and then that was the end of it? Seemingly. Huh. Uh. <laughs> maybe she's maybe she's more of a child than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh but yeah, yeah. No, it, it was it was fun. Um and uh we also learned that even though Siri doesn't like to admit it, she does, she really does care about all of the apprentices that that she's have had over the years. Yes. Uh, and that was also something really sweet, and that also really just adds to, I guess, her likability. <laughs> you know, I think we, maybe I'm misremembering, but I I I think we kind of touched on this with, uh, Flame. Like, there mm. had to be a reason why she kept taking apprentices. Right. Uh, and I don't know. I I felt like they she maybe thought they were cute or you know wanted some sort of companionship in some way um and, and i think this volume well not necessarily uh supported exactly what i was saying but it does show that she does actually care and that uh their time with her is not necessarily wasted time mm. it just may not be to the uh her really high uh standards uh of becoming better mage than she is but she cares deeply about each and every one of them yeah yeah so that yeah very very positive surprise we also learned that the flowers that were at the at mm. i guess i don't know we got the garden the, the place where she was passing and failing people yeah. was the was flamus flower spell <laughs> yes <laughs> after all the trash she talked about it uh right. it's just like well you know i I keep some of them, or or something like that. And mm. It's just surprisingly sentimental. It is. It, it's it's funny too because in almost every scene where she has like someone to to judge in there, she's looking at the flowers. And a lot of the, like, I feel mo most of those uh, scenes, she's just kind of standing, facing the flowers. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah. Also speaks to her, I guess, the way that she cares and that side of her. Right, and I just love how she says, "I've never regretted taking on an apprentice." And it's like, wow. mm. <laughs> did not expect that. Right, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome that we can actually like this character now. <laughs> right, I or like, or like her, her yeah, the person, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. I had theorized that she would take on Ubel as her apprentice. Yes, yeah, we both theorized about that. <laughs> oh, we both did, mm -hmm. but that didn't happen. No, and. Part of me was a little disappointed because <laughs> I was really excited <laughs> to see where the story would go from there. And, and mm -hmm. I guess that's because I, like like you, had not had great feelings about her and, and thought maybe there would be some malicious intention there. But uh -huh. on top of everything else, we learned her more or less just passing and then shooing her off is almost an indication of Sedier's good intentions. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that's a good point. But I'll, I'll talk more about that in Uvil's section. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, very well. Then shall we move on to Denkin? Yes.
So yes, he also passed the exam. Uh, so no need to escort him. <laughs> Dang it! <anymore>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be cool. It, it would have been. It would have been. I, I did like that speculation of yours. Uh, but either way, now he can go visit his wife's uh, grave, and mm. and I thought it was also kind of interesting that we learned that his wife passed away when he was only in his mid twenties, so very yeah. early in his life, mm. and. After that, at least from my understanding, after his, his wife's death, he pretty much immediately started dedicating his life to just being an imperial mage. So, like, and, and I, I don't know, I guess I don't know everything, but I kind of assume he didn't, like, engage in any other relationships or, like, go on any, any other dates with anybody <laughs> else. Uh, uh-huh. Of course, we can't know for sure. But kind of in, in my head, it just feels like with the profession that he took on, it wouldn't leave much time for family life, perhaps. Um, so I think he's just really been a very lonely person for most of his life, which is just really tragic. And it makes so much more sense why he's doting on, uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah, Laufen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, as his new grandchild. Like That's true. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't really have money to spend on. He doesn't have people close to him it's oh mm. poor guy yeah <laughs> yeah i wonder uh the time frame of when his wife died and when he was a mage because I, i'm guessing in order to get money and power he would have become an imperial mage or try to and then somehow help out his his wife in that way you know medicine or, or something like that mm. but in the process, I, she clearly died. So I, I, I don't know, or or maybe maybe it was she died before that, and then he started that mm. that process. Imperial mage. I'm not sure. Actually, you you may be right in the fact that he may have been an imperial mage since before, but it but it wasn't until a couple of days after her death that uh, I believe Syria opened up this uh, thing that allowed people to become right. like first class mages and get like a spell of their choosing. That mm-hmm. thing was after so yeah 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 it made it like the the imperial mage thing may have been since before i wonder if he would have been able to pass it like like if that association had started say you know five years earlier would he have been able to pass it in time before she passed right it makes you wonder how many times has he taken this exam if at all Oh, oh dude yeah that's that's an interesting thought maybe he's done it like tons of times I don't know. It, <laughs> it seems interesting why he would wait. Well, maybe he maybe he just lost the maybe that's it. He lost the motivation after she died or never had the motivation because mm. she died. And then as now that he's so close to his so close being the strong word but uh to his own death and uh, mm. wanting to visit his wife's grave now, maybe he felt push come to shove and decided to right. take it. Maybe that's what it is. True. Maybe there's more fire in him now than there ever has been before. Yeah. Which would be interesting, especially since that's the reason why Syria passed him. That because he had oh. like a, a kind of a youthful kind of fire within him. That's true. That's what she saw. But mm-hmm. if if it's true that this is only some something that he got recently and never had as a youth, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> ironic in a way. If obviously uh. this is kind of headcanony, but 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 still it's fun to think about. No, I agree, and I think because of his wife's death is probably why he didn't have that, mm-hmm. that fire in him. I think this also explains why his wife is 
buried up there and he's down down here uh separate separated from that because I, I always thought that was kind of funny is like why exactly is is he trying to get up there how did his wife get up there and die in the first place but uh basically she had died at a young age um it happened years mm. ago so wait, before before there was a ban on traveling up up there right mm-hmm. yeah precisely it makes a lot of sense so yeah, very glad that he can go back there now, and also very glad that Freerin managed to help him see the joy and magic again. Yeah, and interesting, interesting to see that Freerin was also his inspiration to becoming a mage in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so effect, affecting his life in more ways than one. For sure. All right. Next, let's talk a bit about Virbil, also passing the exam, of course, and. Mm-hmm. We also kind of found out when he passed the exam that he has a pretty similar view on magic as Syria does, mm. uh, which wasn't necessarily surprising. He's kind of had that demeanor, or I guess, I, guess, I guess his demeanor has been in a way that I'm not surprised to find out mm-hmm. about that, I suppose. Um, but something that I was a little bit surprised by was just to see how big of a kind of a fanboy he was of Himmel the Hero. And how he really strives to live and be a lot like Himmel. Mm-hmm. I thought that was surprisingly wholesome, kind of, from, from that character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of the stereotypical tough, nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, the, he, he, see, he seems to be very, uh, like, much like a punk, but he's soft, mm. soft boil on the inside. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Um I'm saying that a lot this time around, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Uh, because I don't think I make sense in a lot of in a lot of cases. But anyway. Um <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I like that aspect and that connection that he has to Himmel and you know it just is fascinating to see how many people are inspired by that troop of heroes. Yeah. Uh, I I really like that. Definitely. Uh, and and the lesson that he kind of learned from what happened to his village is that sometimes it's a little boring things that bring the most joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, a lot of this story is about living in the moment and enjoying the little things in life, I feel like. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's a very important message. I agree. Uh, but now Virbal is going to the front lines or to, mm. the, to the northern frontier to fight demons in the war and he he did go with era and sharf or yeah for as far as we've seen it but supposedly the plan is for him to part ways with them before he reaches the the front lines mm. so that's that's something i hope to see a little bit of not, not necessarily just him but but for like our party to kind of join him for some time there at some point further down the line right yeah i wonder if their journey will go uh across there I'm not sure. Virbal seemed to think so. He mm. he made a comment like that you you guys will probably pass by there eventually or something like that. I think. Yeah, I think that'd be really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So he mentions how he was going to kill Fern in 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 the match. Uh, mm. You know, I guess he's not that bloodthirsty, or wouldn't go that far in this case. Yeah. But but he does say he regrets not killing Upil. Yeah, <laughs> and how that would have been better for 
humanity or the world or whatever he says. Like, it's like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. I mean, those are some heavy words, my dude. Precisely. That that was interesting. Like, he must have yeah. sent... I mean, obviously, her just being her. I, uh-huh. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame anyone for being, I guess, suspicious of her or, or feeling cautious around her. But I don't know, like, could he have sensed something more than just what we as readers can see or can know? Like, could he send something magically about her, something dangerous or anything like that? I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But is that all unbearable? Yeah. Because then let's move on to Ubel next, since we did touch on her a little bit here. She obviously passes well, no big surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And she was not taken in as an apprentice. Uh, Dang it! Which, which was a surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the end of the whole thing, when uh, our our protagonists are leaving Oysterst, and uh, we see some panels of, of most of the characters from the exam, and uh, they're all kind of uh, with friends, like friends that they made before or during the exam, and they're kind of ha- hanging out, except for Ubel, who is walking alone. Mm-hmm. In, in some direction yeah so many questions <laughs> I have so, so many questions about so many questions it feels like she just kind of left the story without really i mean she creeped people out in a way and got into altercations on a couple occasions but not not to the point where i i was expecting to be honest like i, I kind of expected right. her to take more of a antagonistic role it's quite interesting Mm-hmm. Uh, granted maybe her character is more just so a chaotic evil type of character where they're not necessarily the villain but they're just this loose cannon <laughs> or this unpredictable yeah. force that everyone is weary of precisely in a way um, yeah I could definitely see that <laughs> so one thing that is really interesting to me is uh, with Sedia, she doesn't even ask her certain questions. She just automatically passes her. Mm-hmm. And she almost talks to, I think she talks to everybody like briefly, even the people she failed. I mean, I, there may have been one or two cases where it was just automatic fail, fail, fail. Um, but all the people she passed, she definitely had something to say to them. Mm-hmm. But not Ubel. Why? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the sorting hat in Harry Potter, like putting on, on Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little disturbing in that sense. But um, another thing, I, I basically said all that I want to about Ubel right now but the rest is for predictions, but I guess there's just a lot of potential for her character. Just don't know where it's going to go. And, uh-huh. and surely this is not the last time we see her. Oh yeah, surely. Mm. Um, but I have some thoughts on what could happen next for her. Gotcha. Well, then we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's talk a bit about land now. <laughs> his, his reveal was very fun. The fact yeah. that he, He's just been home in his hometown, just <laughs> chilling this whole time. <laughs> wow. I, I really like that. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. I did not expect that. I did not expect him to pass at all. Right, right. Uh, no, me neither. <laughs> but 
But learning this about him, I can definitely yeah. understand him passing, though. You know? Yeah, for sure. That's that's impressive. Uh huh. Amazingly so. <laughs> I, I wonder if Ryan picked up on that too. I don't know. Oh yeah, good question. Oh, that's the other thing. I wonder what Frieden's thoughts on Ubel are as well. Yeah. Uh, both Land and her, but more so Ubel. Because I, I, Land like, is a very interesting character, and that was a very cool reveal. But not <laughs> as, I guess, impactful potentially as Ubel's character. So it's like, yeah. what exactly does Frieden think about all this? I don't know. Right. Yeah, that is a really good question. I have no clue. I guess you got to have some mysteries and questions to be answered for later type situations in a, in a story like this, but still, it's... Precisely, yeah. I want to know. <laughs> we will let this simmer for a while. And yeah. Yeah, we, we got to get back to this later on. But uh, then, yeah, a little bit about learning, perhaps. The first, cler- uh, the first, first class mage um what a punk comes up the right fight. come on <laughs> he is crazier than i thought <laughs> to just attack freedom like that i mean he is very strong he did break through yeah, her, sure. her defensive magic um which i guess we shouldn't be surprised about he is a first class mage after all but um mm-hmm. man he's mad um and it's honestly it's it's pretty tragic to to see someone be so desperate for fame that you'd go as far as to kill a person mm-hmm uh, that's, yeah, that's basically what he tried or did. Yeah, at, at least at least he seemed to, you know, uh, or Freedom was able to kind of talk him into uh, feeling it a little bit better, I believe. Yeah. So that is something. I guess one other thing about him, there's a panel when everyone's going their separate ways of him and oh yeah, Era. Do we are do we already know that they are they related? Do we already know that? I don't know. Like, I, to my knowledge, there's no connection between the characters. So I, I was also a bit surprised to see him with, with her and Virbul and, and yeah, because uh, Sharps. It, it looks like she's introducing him to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're related or something. She mentioned her grandpa's fighting style. How. Fern's fighting style reminded her of her grandfather. So she definitely has one who's a mage. Oh, that's true. That's good. That's a good memory. Yeah. Honestly, I, I like that theory considering this uh, panel here. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with believing that un- until we have a reason not to. Yeah, I mean, sh- sure. Why not? I like I, I'm not exactly sure how much <laughs> either of these characters will be in the story, but no. <laughs> that, that's kind of a cool connection, I guess. Uh, yeah, on, yeah, seriously, I, I feel like it's definitely a good possibility. Sweet. So next up, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Hero of the South. Mm. This was a very fun reveal, and it made sense to find out that there, obviously, there wasn't just Himmel who was a hero, you know? There has been right. other hi- heroes as well. Um, and this guy lived seemingly around the same time, uh, back during the war with the Demon King. By the way, this, the statue that we see his, yeah, of, of him... Uh, is in a town called Fabel Village. Fabel just means fable. Like, it's just that word uh, in German. Which I guess, I guess you could look back at the, at the war with the demons and whatnot to be kind of a, a fable, if, if that's how we should take it. Like a fairy tale or a myth or whatever. Either way, the hero of the South 
Uh, he may not have been the one to slay the Demon King, but he did slay three of the seven Sages of Destruction. So that's uh, yeah, mad props to that. Very impressive. And also we can see the future. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of impressive too. <laughs> you know, different, uh, obviously, but he kind of reminds me of Bone from To Your Eternity. Uh, <laughs> it's the mustache. It's the mustache. And also having this, this strange power. Uh, mm. Different powers, but... Uh, seeing the future is not something that we, I don't think we've had in this story. And it, it, it's interesting that the demon he killed was one that could see a thousand years in the future. Was that how the story went? Uh, I believe that's what it, they said. Yeah. So they both, they had essentially the same magical powers, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Mm, mm. I don't know. I mean, the, 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 I'm guessing that will never be touched again, but at least <laughs> in this kind of a story. But it, yeah, it's interesting to think about um but it was also a very strong chapter in that he told Frieden what her future would be yeah. with the uh, himmel and whatnot and how much of an impact he and the rest of the party would have in her life and it's like wow yeah they, they would kill the demon king like he even told her that yeah. like <laughs> yeah and yeah, no, it's very very interesting so she knew. I wonder if he told, like, if there was anything kind of off page or like in a different scene where he told her something that's still ahead of her, or if everything that he told her is in her past now. I wonder. Oh, I do wonder. Yeah. I could, I mean, I, I, I could see this being just like a one-off character kind of, but I do think it would be interesting if we would ever, like, at some point, go back to learn even more about this character because I think there's a lot of potential with him. Yeah. It's such a, a fun one-off character that it'd be, it'd be a shame to not have him there again in some, some aspect. Definitely, yeah. But through his story, we got a little bit more insight into uh, a little bit related to the Seven Sages of Destruction. And it got me thinking kind of about what exactly do we know about them and all, all of that. So I, I tried to kind of gather as much information about all of that as I could. And I'm going to try to summarize it here a little bit. And maybe we could have a little bit of a discussion if there's anything that arises. Sure. Um, so obviously there are seven stages of destruction, or there were, uh, at least initially. And Himmel, the hero's party, they defeated two back during the war back then. Mm -hmm. We don't know which two, but we know that they defeated two. And the Hero of the South de defeated three. So, again, mm. we don't know which three. And then, obviously, we know that Freerin defeated Aura later on in mm -hmm. present day, kind of. So that makes six defeated Sages of Destruction, leaving one Sage of Destruction that should still be around, mm -hmm. which I think is an, an, an interesting thought. Uh, obviously, Aura the, gu the Guillotine is dead. We know that there is one, there's one that, that's mentioned by name called Bursa the Immortal, uh, who we know that the Heroes Party fought. Uh, we learned that through Virbal, but we don't know for sure if they defeated him or not. Uh, Bursa, by the way, means angry or mean or evil in German. But um, those are really the only two uh, of the seven stages of destruction that we know, like by name. Hmm. So yeah, maybe it's Bursa, that's the remaining one. Maybe it's somebody else. But, yeah. I wonder in, in um, Verbal's uh, flashback, if there's a, a, sh a shot of a guy who's potentially one of the other 
Lords of Destruction or whatever the term is. Uh, Sages of Destruction. Sages yeah. of Destruction. He has really big horns and the shoulder pads. Uh, right. It could actually. just be a generic demon design, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the new head or something. We do get to see like when um, in, in in the flashback with the Hero of the South, we do get to see all of the seven sages standing like below Schlecht because the, the, there's an image of Schlecht. Uh, Schlecht is like hovering in the air, and then we see all of the other seven. I mean, it's kind of dark. But we do see, I mean, obviously, I can point out Aura and Bursa standing there. And the others, obviously, I don't know the name of either of the others. Mm. But um, at least we, we get pretty decent uh, representations of, of all seven there. There is a guy with somewhat similar horns, but he's not wearing, like, a helmet. Or he's mm. de he definitely has hair. So it's not exactly similar. So maybe maybe it's someone else. Yeah, it could have just been some some generic demon guy. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, cause, yeah, aside from just the Seven Sages of Destruction, the Demon King had, like, other main, like, major, like, demon guys uh, working for him, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Schlecht the Omniscient mm -hmm. was the guy that, that killed the Hero of the South, who seemed to be pretty much on the same level as the Seven Sages of Destruction, just he didn't count... Uh, as being a, a part of that group and we also had qual the elder sage of corruption who was defeated back in the first volume oh oh yeah qual was his name yeah 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 mm -mm. Uh, uh, so he wasn't a, one of the destruction one he he was in a separate group or a separate thing he he was referred to as the elder sage of corruption not mm. a sage of destruction <laughs> so yeah. it's a little different <laughs> Gotcha. So yeah, he wouldn't have been either of those. Plus, I, I did also double check, uh, with, like comparing the first book, like his design uh, to those seven that we see there. And yeah, he, he's not one of them. Because uh, for a moment, I was like, maybe it's like a translation thing or something like maybe it's supposed to be the same type of sage. But no, I don't believe it is. Mm. Um, so yeah, Schlecht and Qual are two other major demons, but not part of the seven sages of destruction. Gotcha. Regardless, I'm very excited to see who the final one is, the remaining of the Seven Sages, because I, I feel like that, that, that could be something major in the story further down the line. Yeah, I agree. By the way, real quick, uh, Schlecht, that name of, of the omniscient uh, demon. Uh, Schlecht, as, as far as I could understand it, Schlecht is not actually a proper word in German. Uh, however, hmm. Schlechter, if you add ER at the end of it, uh, means butcher or slaughterer. Oh, so I that makes probably sense. Place with that, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that's probably what it's supposed to be. Anyway, anything else on any specific characters? I uh, nope, nope. All right, then let's move straight on into predictions. Um, I'll just I'll just kick it off by you know predicting which we have said to be fair already, but Farron and Stark their relationship. I want to see it continue to grow. And I am expecting to see that. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know at what pace this will go. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't expect to see uh, a date here in this volume. No. <laughs> um, so that was pleasantly surprised. But I guess we, past couple volumes, we've been doing a lot of magic and focusing on other characters. And before this arc, we had a whole like 
dancing scene with them and everything. So I guess it was kind of gradually going up to this, but still it it was a pleasant surprise to see them go on a date like this. Mm. I I don't know how fast this will go. I I expect there to be a couple more dates. Uh, I don't know how intimate they'll get. Um, we may not even see them ever kiss. Like it may, maybe it'll be like an off-screen type of a situation. Oh, never. Uh, I I don't <laughs> I don't have much faith in Japanese mangaka <laughs> for at times. Like at times they deliver, and at times it feels like they're just too shy to do anything. <laughs> uh, like there's like oh, I don't know how to make this one impactful. You don't. Need, it doesn't need to be different. Just let them kiss. I know what you mean, and I know which series specifically you're criticizing right now. <laughs> but I, I know there's at least two. Actually, I was I wasn't thinking of one specific. Okay. I, I I know which one you're thinking of. <laughs> okay. Either way, um, I'm I'm holding out hope that we will get to see them kiss before this show is over, before this series uh. ends. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna continue gradually. Right, it'll be a gradual thing. I really want to see Sign again soon. That's yes, that was my first thing. Is he mm. coming back? Like I feel he was really part of the party. Right, he's like the only other one that's actually felt like a party member, even though it was brief. Exactly, like he did feel yeah. like the fourth guy. You know. Yeah, I agree. So <laughs> I'm ho- I'm hoping he'll be back here pretty soon yeah um and then we get some resolution to his whole journey exactly yeah i really want to know what's going on with him right now did he was he was he able to find gorilla guy or whatever yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i want to know i really want to know yeah um yeah and also as i said before i expect that they will uh meet up with virable you know kind of at the front lines eventually that's something that i think should be very exciting I'm curious to see when we'll meet some of these characters again. Mm. Deccan, I I would like to right. see again. Maybe maybe visit his village where his wife is buried. Um, Definitely get another another emotional moment like that. Seriously, I think there's plenty more with his character that could be explored. And yeah, I I'm pretty confident that we'll see him again. I feel like he he made such a big impact as a character in this arc that yeah we gotta. I feel like we gotta. I agree, and then. Ubel, you know, a mm. big question mark <laughs> in the chapter where they all part ways. Like you mentioned, she's kind of by herself. Yeah. I did start to think maybe she's going. Well, it depends on what direction she's going. If she's going north, then clearly uh, she has her own destination in mind. But if she's going the opposite direction, I wonder if she's going to find land. You know, like yeah. like maybe she was able to figure out that he's actually somewhere else, uh, right? And she was just playing coy the whole time, because uh, she she kind of had already done that in the dungeon where she knew that it was a double. That's true. There was a whole decoy moment, you know. Mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure she knew that it it was not the real him, so. Her being as impressive as amazing as she is, like maybe she's so obsessed with getting that spell, that that magic, she tries to go find land. I mean, 
Could be, could be. I don't know how we'll find that out, to be honest. Right. I mean, I, I feel like, or what, what would be the reason for why she would want to become a first class mage? Did she have a plan to go north? If she did, then yeah, she would have had to become a first class mage in order to right access that area. But if right. if that isn't a plan that she has, then what other reason would she have to, to yeah, to to do to take this exam? Right. It, and that's why, you know, if she's going north, then that, that whole idea of her trying to visit land is not not feasible in my, in my idea. Right. But I think one reason why she would want to take the exam is to find new spells to learn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to steal. And maybe she did find that spell that she really wants. That's fair. Maybe. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you're right. She, she definitely was very interested in, in that specific spell. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. Either way, she's got to come back at some point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no, no, no doubt in my mind that she will. One other thought I had was, what if she ends up, for, heaven forbid, joining the demon army? <laughs> oh. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, is she that corrupted that she would join that side? Are the demons that open-minded to let her join? Like, I... I that's, don't know. That's a really interesting thought. Because, uh, like, the d- demon magic... I, I can't remember all of the lore things about different types of magic now, but demon magic is different from both the goddesses' magic and the folk magic, or whatever they call it, that the humans use, right? Mm. But I wonder, is it possible for her to learn demon magic spells with her abilities? Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. If, if that's the case, that would be very that interesting. That would be very interesting and something that I'm sure she'd be interested in. Oh, you for know. sure. <laughs> yeah. Except that, her repertoire. I really like the thought of this, even though it is bad. <laughs> right. At the, at the same time, a lot of the characters in this story, besides the demons, they don't necessarily have these malicious, antagonistic desires in the end of the day. Like, before this volume, yeah. I would have said Sedier was probably <laughs> on, on the same path as Ubel, but. Right. That's clearly not the case. If anything, Sedia and Virbil are, are similar. Mm. And I think even last volume, we were starting to maybe come slightly around on Ubel. I mean, still wary, but you do get some backstory for her and, and, and also how she treated land. I think maybe there was a bit of sympathy that was going on there. So maybe there's more to be had, but I don't know. I, I I know I'm talking a lot about her, but it. <laughs> I guess I guess what that means to me is that this character has not had a the satisfaction or the the satisfying moment that I think her introduction set up. Yeah, you know? yeah. If, I mean, absolutely. It felt like her character was going to be super impactful to the story, and that really mm. wasn't quite the case. Right. No, but seriously, like with a a backstory and a personality and a design like hers mm-hmm. yeah it, it really it it there is a lot of potential with her and it makes you really want more obviously more than we've gotten so far yeah but I, I think it's just a matter of time that you know we will we will get there you're right you're right for sure last character i wanted to bring up as a possible someone that we may see in the future is craft i feel like it's been a while oh yeah i like i like craft yeah but uh even although if we don't see him for a while Maybe maybe show us 
another elf. I mean, I know they're supposed to be rare and like far apart and few. Uh, so chances are that we, yeah, you, you won't meet one, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd welcome more. We've only seen three. So I feel like there, there could be more or there should be more than three. Uh, three, you're including Frieden, right? Yeah, yeah, Frieden, Syria, and okay. Crafts are the only three elves that we know, right? Because I was gonna say, meeting three elves on one journey, like, that's unheard of. Not, not including <laughs> <True>. Frieden. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. You're right. That, that you, you're right. They are supposedly rare enough that most people will never even meet one. So one, yeah, that yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so may, maybe it's too much to ask. <laughs> but. Well, maybe, but I, I do agree that that any chance to see more elves or interact with them in some way is a chance I'll take. Mm -hmm. But yeah, may, but maybe it is, it would be too frequent, unfortunately. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Um, my last thing is CDA seems no longer to be a nuisance. I guess we kind of touched on that, but besides mm -hmm. banning Frieden from the... The Citadel or whatever for a thousand <laughs> years. I don't think I'm nearly or I'm not I'm not worried about her at all now, like I was right. in the previous volumes where I thought maybe she would even try to impede Frieden from taking on or, or going back to the, the Demon King's castle or lair or whatever. Mm, you know? Mm, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah, the our uh, yeah, our view on her has changed drastically since last time. Right. So I, I really don't have much predictions for her in that sense other than yeah maybe she'll come back eventually as just a one-off thing or maybe she'll have a heart-to-heart -heart with Frieden again and mm. I actually I, I like the idea of them never seeing eye to eye but eventually cooperating still precisely for whatever reason mm. um, I, I think that nice. would be yes very nice and poetic maybe finding some kind of newfound uh liking toward each other well, yeah I mean, but 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 still leaving it somewhat strained yeah <laughs> at the end of the day they both love magic in in different ways right like i mean someone who someone who doesn't like magic would not collect all those spells over the years exactly i mean she is truly ancient like Maybe in her youth, she was a lot like Freerun. Maybe we'll learn something like that. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I have on predictions. Gotcha. Me as well. So yeah, uh, beautiful volume. I, I think this, this series just, I, I think for me at least, very steadily delivers quality content. Like I, I, I feel like for a long time now, the books have been, in my opinion, just kind of equally great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is awesome, and it's obviously a very good feat to be able to to pull off making this uh, consistently good content. For sure, and it's nothing that's incredibly mind blowing, or I'll even say uh, blood pumping exciting. You know, no. uh, which is sometimes <laughs> things I I can enjoy, but it it's still a very impactful. Uh, emotional journey just more on so on the thoughtful thought-provoking and uh, wholesome side for sure but also dark at times i uh, to, definitely to take sometimes. that away from it that is true that is true when it wants to be it definitely <laughs> succeeds at that as well <laughs> yeah 
Yes, no, but it, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't really have any, like, new impressions, I guess, of this series as a whole uh, after this book. It just continues to be what it was before, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> right, awesome. So, yeah, is that all for this time? Yep. All right. So, if you guys enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by rating our show on the podcast platforms and subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 8. Bye-bye! See you later. Like Nintendo has been pretty good with stuff like that. For example, Iwata, I think during the Wii U's failure, he took a big pay cut so they wouldn't have to fire anybody. Oh, really? Oh my god. That just makes me love him even more. He is a saint. That guy. He really was. Oh my was. gosh. Ah, yeah. I think he was the first celebrity death that I cried when it happened, I believe. Well, because he, he's just so real and down to earth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like. Yeah, absolutely. It felt less of an entertainer and more of a just a friend, kind of. Yeah, and, and then having watched all of the Nintendo Directs that he hosted, and yeah, also like knowing about stuff like in like his early days as a programmer, how he, it was thanks to him that they were able to fit Kanto into Pokemon Gold and Silver. Right. Like right. he did some programming wizardry <laughs> to make that work. <laughs> it's it's incredible. <laughs> uh huh. Man. What a guy. What a guy.